Last year, my father got prisms for two of my boys. You know those glass objects that you hold up to the light and they refract and reveal the full color spectrum, splashing rainbows all across the wall and the ceiling. I don't know if they figured out the right way to use them though, because instead of just setting them um, by a window, they actually hold them up in front of their eyes, hold them to their face and, and walk around the house looking at the lights of the house through them and bumping into stuff in the process. It's, it's quite funny. I once heard a speaker at a retreat say that each of us, each human being is like a prism. God sends each person into the world with a uniquely beautiful way of refracting God's light to the world. No one else can reveal God's light the same way we can. In other words, each of us has something of value to offer the life of our world, something that God can use to make a a tangible difference to make this world a better and, and more beautiful place. The, the challenge is to recognize that we already have the resources we need to fulfill God's calling. That's what we'll explore in uh, sermon number three of our God question sermon series. Just to recap, so far God has asked us, where are you? Revealing God's searching heart of love and inviting us to stop hiding. Then last week, God asked, where is your brother? Reminding us of our connection to and responsibility for one another as divine image bearers. Today, we hear with Moses as God asks, what's that in your hand? What is that in your hand? Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there. Grow us, transform us, that we might bear fruit for you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Today's scripture comes from Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. Listen for God's word. Then Moses replied, But what if they don't believe me or pay attention to me? They might say to me, The Lord didn't appear to you. The Lord said to him, What's that in your hand? Moses replied, a shepherd's rod. The Lord said, throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out and grab the snake by the tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a rod in his hand. Do this so that they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God has in fact appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to Moses, put your hand inside your coat. So Moses put his hand inside his coat. When he took his hand out, his hand had a skin disease, flaky like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your coat. When he took it back out again, the skin of his hand had returned to normal. If they won't believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second sign. If they don't believe even these two signs or pay attention to you, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on dry ground. The water that you take from the Nile will turn into blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, My Lord, 
I've never been able to speak well, not yesterday, not the day before, and certainly not now since you've been talking to your servant. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who gives people the ability to speak? Who's responsible for making them unable to speak or hard of hearing, sighted or blind? Isn't it I, the Lord? Now go, I'll help you speak and I'll teach you what you should say. But Moses said, please my Lord, just send someone else. Then the Lord got angry at Moses and said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak very well. He's on his way out to meet you now, and he's looking forward to seeing you. Speak to him and tell him what he's supposed to say. I'll help both of you speak, and I'll teach both of you what to do. Aaron will speak for you to the people. He'll be a spokesperson for you, and you will be like God for him. Take this shepherd's rod with you too, so that you can do the signs. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Poor Moses. He's just a shepherd taking care of his father-in-law's flock, and then his life is completely upended. Remember, Moses is an Israelite, part of God's chosen family. That family, Israel, was enslaved by the Egyptians. Moses himself was saved from being killed as an infant by being placed in a basket in the river. One day, after Moses had become an adult, he witnessed an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Israelites. He killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. The next day, he saw two Israelites fighting with each other and went to intervene, and they said, Hey, who made you judge over us? What are you going to do? Kill us like that Egyptian? Moses realized he had to run away, so he did to the land of Midian. One day he was sitting by a well and some women came there to draw water and shepherds showed up and tried to chase the women off. Moses got up and, and rescued them and then Moses went to live with, with this family and married one of the women and worked as a shepherd for four decades, taking care of his father-in-law's flocks. And then one day God showed up in the wilderness in a burning bush that was not consumed speaking to Moses about what was happening in Egypt. Now, as if, as if a burning bush and God speaking out of the bush wasn't enough, this God calls Moses to be the one who leads God's people out of slavery in Egypt. I mean, can, can you imagine poor Moses? We can understand what it must have been to be in that position in so many ways and in so many times we are him right we struggle with the idea that that each of us has something of value to offer the life of the world especially when it comes to to tackling some of the problem areas of our society with their daunting seemingly overwhelming challenges poverty addiction racism division untruth the environment violence sickness loneliness and and so just like Moses, when challenged and invited by God to make a creative difference, we frequently put forward excuses why we cannot. By my account, Moses used five excuses to try and sidestep his calling from God. I'm a nobody. I don't know enough about you, God. What happens if I fail? I just don't have what it takes. Someone else could do this better. 
Like Moses, our excuses are usually about how we don't have the resources or abilities. In other words, viewing ourselves and our life through the lens of scarcity, what's not there. We do a gut calculation and determine that our assets are less than our liabilities. Our abilities are nothing in comparison to the task. We don't have the money. We don't have the qualifications. We don't have the available time. We don't have the needed skills. We don't have the right demeanor. We don't have adequate knowledge or understanding. We don't have the energy. We don't have the influence. And on and on. Just like Moses, we, we take hold of those excuses in our hands almost as a defense or shield to, to justify our lack of action, trying to escape from what God is calling us to do and even who God has uniquely made us to be. And in the middle of all the excuses, God intrudes with this question. Hey, Moses, what is that in your hand? In other words, it's a question intended to help Moses recognize that he had the resources he needed to live into God's call. What is it that you already have with you? What is, what, what is it that you already bring to the table? Skills, uh, abilities, experiences, Yes, even inadequacies. At that moment, Moses was holding in his hand a staff. That's what was in his hand. Why? Because he was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep. He'd been a shepherd for most of his adult life. Except it's not just that Moses held a staff in his hand. He held the abilities and experiences that came with it, the experience of shepherding sheep, a heart to feel and discern their needs, desire to lead them where to find good things to eat and water to drink, leading them away from danger, fighting off threats, moving from one place to another in the wilderness. Think God could work with that? God is going to shepherd God's people through Moses who held a shepherd's rod. This sheep stick that Moses held in his hand would one day be a part of liberating a people, of parting sea. What about you? What about you? God asks the same question of us. What is in your hand? Because here's the truth. God wants to use you and what's in your hand to change the world. Maybe you're not sure about what you bring to the table, about what is actually in your hand. I'm guessing it's not a shepherd's staff, probably a phone, maybe a muffin right now. I wouldn't read too literally into that. <laughs> but seriously, what, what does Moses have? What does Moses have? What do we all have in our hands right now? All of us. We all have certain abilities running a business, managing people, starting new things, artistic skills, conflict resolution, using the computer, working with numbers, offering hospitality, teaching, coaching others, uh, managing money, building and repairing, and so on. It just so happened that Moses had abilities honed from being a shepherd, abilities that God could leverage to use for God's saving purposes, attention to detail, leading stubborn creatures, guiding in the wilderness, awareness of dangers. Moses just must not have been thinking about them, didn't, didn't name them. 
we, we need to be able to acknowledge what we do well and invest it in God's healing and redemptive work in the world, even when we think they might be insignificant. That's hard because we don't like to say what we're good at. We don't want to sound braggy or we're afraid that what we're good at isn't as good as what someone else is good at. But you know, God doesn't compare what God creates. At Village Church Rollsville, we have these servant sheets, and it's a form where people have the chance to let us know what they're good at, passionate about, how they might want to serve at our church. And instead of asking people to say what they are good at, it says, the people who know me best would say that I am good at. (laughs) Just as a way to get us to name the abilities God has given us or or has cultivated in us. Uh, Awareness of those abilities we already have, whether they're big or small, is not a lack of humility. It's an opportunity to praise God and give God thanks and glory for giving them to us and then using them for God's glory and purposes. When we use whatever is in our hands, courageously, compassionately, with with gospel intentionality, we are a part of creating a more just, a more beautiful world. What ability do you hold in your hand? We also have have life experiences in our hands, our ups, our downs, our successes, our failures. Those experiences that have shaped us represent a huge resource for God's use. They may be different for all of us, but God leveraging them for God's purposes is the same. You know, maybe it's a lesson we learned while growing up, certain work we've done in the past, a mistake we made, a painful thing we suffered. The Bible is full of God calling people and using them in ways directly related to the ups and the downs that they've gone through. And Moses is the perfect example. Moses might wonder, why did God choose me? I mean, I've been on the run. I've killed someone. I've been watching sheep for 40 years in the middle of nowhere. Not much of my resume, God. But if you actually step back and consider his life, it really makes sense. Remember, he was hidden in a basket as an infant. The daughter of Pharaoh found him, and he grew up in Pharaoh's household with all the privileges and the insight that that brought. Surely, he got a top-notch education and had an insider's view to all the, the inner workings of Pharaoh's rule. Think this knowledge would have been helpful later on when he goes to confront Pharaoh with God's demands. And then there was Moses' experience from being a shepherd for 40 years. Moses' time living in the punishing wilderness gave him hands-on personal experience with survival, with guiding stubborn, needy creatures, just like the Israelites he would guide through that same wilderness. What experiences do you have in your hand? Finally, we also have our own insufficiency in our hands. The things that God calls us to do are often, they they often seem to be hard or downright impossible. I mean, consider how Moses must have felt when God called him to demand the release of all the Israelite slaves from one of the greatest powers of the ancient world at the time. But isn't one of the telltale signs God call, that God is calling us? Isn't one of the telltale signs that it leaves us feeling completely inadequate? 
The question is, what do we do with our feelings of insufficiency? Do they, do they paralyze us? Do they lead to excuses? Or do they lead us into a greater and more beautiful dependence upon the grace and the mercy of a mighty and loving God who promises to be with us? And ultimately, that's what Moses chose. And it's ultimately the complete reliance on God's guidance and strength and grace that allows what is in our hands to become something more. But we have to be willing to lay them down before God first. After God asks Moses what is in his hand and Moses says, staff, God tells Moses to lay it down. When he does, it comes alive, turns into a snake. Just like the boy who laid down his small lunch so that Jesus might take it and bless it and multiply it to feed over 5,000 people. When we get real with our inadequacies and our desperate need for God's help, then God has someone God can use. As we answer the question, God asks us of what is that in your hand, we must be ready at the same time to lay those things, our abilities, our experiences, our inadequacy down before God so that God can align them with the call, the task God has in mind so that God can make them and us come alive in the process. God can do amazing, even miraculous things with what we bring to the table. Moses was a unique kind of prism that refracted God's light in a beautiful way. But you know what? Each of us is too. And God has things God wants us to do. Never, ever doubt what God can do with what you already have and what you bring to the table. God believes in us enough to ask us, what is that in your hand? Hoping that we'll see our abilities, experiences, and insufficiency, the resources that we already have to bring hope and healing and beauty to a broken, hurting world. Are we willing to let God's light shine through us? Are we willing to answer the question? God can't wait to hear it. Our church can't wait to hear it. The world might not be able to wait either. And our lives might not ever be the same again. What is that in your hand? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As we have with the other sermons in this series, we're going to leave the question up on the screen and invite you to prayerfully um, ponder it, consider it, speak with God about it. This is also an opportunity if you want to make this a tangible response. We're going to put the link to our servant sheet that I mentioned in the sermon. Many of you have already filled it out, but if um, by chance you haven't, uh, this would be a good time to prayerfully do it. Um, it's the way that we, as I mentioned, the way we find out uh, what, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, what you get great joy in doing, and any of the ways that you would be interested in serving and using your abilities and your experiences to enrich our life together, to make us all better. So I uh, invite you to, to do that now, or, or later we'll put it in the, the newsletter as well.